podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build a profitable property portfolio that completely aligns with their goals. You want to find more out about it? Then head on over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk. And if you want to join my free Facebook community, which I really suggest you do so that you can come and have conversation about the best things that are going on in property investment, you can ask questions, get advice, support, anything you need property investment wise, head on over to the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. I am going to put the link below. Trust me, you need to be there. So, hi. (laughs) I... I'm on my own this week. Can you even believe it? I've had um, a good couple of weeks with some incredible guests. Think back to when Annabelle came on to discuss Brexit. Then I had my fiance Chris come over for the first time ever on NC Real Estate and he came and talked money tips. Then I had Dr. Danielle Lester come and join me and talk about the curious nature of the built environment. And then last week I had my agent Verity come and talk to me and that was a wonderful conversation. I absolutely appreciate all of them for coming over and talking to me. This week I'm back here on my own. I was actually thinking when I sat here, (laughs) my gosh, Uh, It's quite daunting being on your own again, but obviously this is where I started the podcast from. And I wanted to do a bit of an update of everything that's been going on, because as you will know, if you've been listening to this for a little while, my life never stands still. There's always things I've got going on. Um, I've recorded this podcast a little bit before uh, we're getting the cash in the bank from the sale of the flat in London. I'm going to use that to reinvest it in some property deals. I'll let you know more about that. I'm actually going to do a little bit of property investing in the US as well. (gasps) Going to be having a property portfolio both sides of the Atlantic. Very exciting. It's so early days right now. Um, And because we haven't got the money in the bank, um, I've kind of pushed pause on it because I've got other projects that I need to be working on as well. So one of the big things that I've been doing because it completely slipped my mind that this was soon due in, soon due to finish, I've been doing a teaching qualification, which has actually been driving me a little bit mad because I tried to forget about it and tried to think, do you know what has been nothing, (laughs) you know, it's not worth my time really worrying about it. I've got other things coming going on. Um, I've got NC Real Estate and everything that I do over here, which I absolutely love. I still teach for the University College of Estate Management and doing a teaching degree was one step too far until the deadlines for the assignments started creeping up. So I've kind of been clearing little patches of space in my diary and actually having to focus on getting those reports and those assignments done that will be out of the way, thank goodness, by the 3rd of June, in which case I should be a qualified um, teacher of higher education, which means that I can formally lecture, even though I've been doing it for the past two years. It's This week actually has been my two-year anniversary of being a university lecturer, which has completely flown by. Um, so I, yeah, 
whilst I've been waiting for the flat in London to complete, um, I just figured I would get that done. I will be so relieved when that's over and I don't have to think about writing assignments. I can write assignments pretty quickly nowadays because I know how to set them, I know how to mark them. So the only thing I've got to do is write those two and a half thousand words every time they come up. But it sits on my mind and it goes round and round and round. So I'm really glad that um, that's nearly out the way. The other thing is uh, one of my flats in London is causing me some, hmm, I wouldn't say headache, more like ugh, it's constantly coming up. So the first thing is, is that the head leaseholders have decided they're doing an externals project, which I'm not particularly that worried about because they always collect money in the sinking fund. Um, and at the moment, they've got about £85,000 worth in there. So that's actually fine. Um, it's more of the fact that the other leaseholders really don't like how they're going about doing it. Um, and so they do this group copy where everybody is CC'd in from the building. So that's at least 15 parties cc'd into this email which has been going round and round and round in circles with different people not understanding different things the head leaseholder the lady that's managing that also now doesn't seem to know completely what's going on the uh, estimates for works keep changing when I first got the works it was 188,000 pounds for the whole building's externals. And with the externals, they were going to get the scaffolding up, do the gutters and drainage, change all of the windows and put a new roof on. Absolutely fine. Uh, I have no problem with them doing that. We're kind of at the end of the life cycle of that for this building anyway. So we definitely need to be um, doing it. It was just the fact that they'd managed to miscalculate by 46,000 pounds. I... I don't know whether they just don't know what a calculator is or maybe they'd rush to get this out in the hope that, you know, just overcharge and people accept it. Of course, that was never going to happen. So I, with my surveyor brain on, obviously, whenever I get a schedule of works, I go through and just add everything up and see that what is being sent out is correct. Okay, so they'd overestimated by £46,000 based upon this uh, schedule of works that they've put together. So that's my tip of advice to you if you ever get something through and there's a schedule where it says, here's the pounds of how much it costs. Uh, go through it with a fine tooth comb and add it all together. Do it three times and just make sure that they've got, um, they've got everything that they need to have. I mean, that's a hell of a lot to be out by, my gosh. Anyway you know, that's fine. They've come back and said, oops, sorry. Um, the second thing was that they sent out this apportionment schedule. So what each flat is going to be paying, which again is fine. But what they didn't realize was that I have a copy of the head lease with the freehold um, because I asked for it back in 2013 when they tried to do the same thing that they have just done um, in that they were trying to charge all of the leaseholders, just the residential leaseholders for the externals work, when actually the commercial tenants are involved with the externals work, 
uh, costs as well. So they should be a portion. Now the head lease holder was get, trying to get around doing that because the commercial tenants are notoriously difficult in that building. They um, are managed by the freeholder rather than the head lease holder. Um, so imagine a block, uh, the ground basement, um, are part of the freehold and the freeholder lets those commercial units on uh, 15 year leases, I think. And then the upper parts, so there is four floors of residential above and that's enveloped in a head leasehold and the head leaseholder looks after all of the residential units above. Now, here's the tricky thing in that the head leaseholder is responsible for doing all of the external works and apportioning the bit that the commercial units and the freeholder are should be paying for back to them. And for that head for the head leaseholder, that's difficult. Of course it is. Because the commercial tenants, number one, don't have to be served notice. You do not need to serve the commercial tenants notice that you're going to do the works, you just recharge it to them via the service charge. But in this case, the head leaseholder needs to recharge it to the freeholder who will then recharge it to the commercial tenants. And that's about, I think it's about 20% of the service charge, which they need to recharge through them for the externals. Um, and in their mind, they're probably dreading it. These property managers who are going to have to sort that out are thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to go through a battle to get this money out of them. I tell you what, I'm just going to try and pass it all over to the residential units. Hell no from my end. Unfortunately, for unsuspecting property managers, I do keep records of all of the documents and I won't be accepting it. So whilst it doesn't keep me awake at night and I don't really worry about it because I understand leases, I can read leases and I know exactly what they should be saying and what that head leaseholder should be doing. I know that it's some sort of a battle because these managing agents are and the head leaseholder are a charity, so they don't necessarily fall under um, the RACS or ALA regulation, which is frustrating. So you have to go above them if you ever need to. Um, if you ever need to dispute something, you go straight to the property ombudsman with them or the charity ombudsman, which is a lengthy process. So it's every single day I am being bombarded by this email chain of 15 different people who have 15 different ideas rather than actually all of them reading the leases, understanding what's uh, what's being set out and uh, commenting accordingly. With residential, you've always got people's hearts involved and when they think they're about to get a service charge bill for £13,000 because the head leaseholder is miscalculated, it gets people pretty annoyed. Uh, and so that's been bubbling around. Now, on last look this morning, um, the new estimate is at £106,000. So... <laughs> I mean, what are we, £82,000 difference from where we started from? Ah, who knows? I mean, what, what my key takeaway from this is and why I'm telling you this story is that if you have a leasehold property, you need to read your lease first off. Uh, if there's a head leaseholder, please ask for the head lease because the head lease will probably be mentioned in your long lease anyway. And if you have the head lease, and you um, know what the head leaseholder's obligations to the freeholder are, you then can make sure that you're looking after your position 
Because if you don't have all of the information, you can't argue your case accordingly. And also it makes it very difficult when this huge amount of works come around and um, you need to, you basically need to know where you stand. You need to be able to read all of the emails and respond accordingly. Now, I also want to say something about this, that I've learned the hard way over years of being in the property industry. And when I was a very young, hot-headed 21, 22, 23 year old, if someone sent me an email that I hated, I'd be like, send them back an email like furiously. I don't do that anymore. Usually what I do is I read the email and I think, how has this made me feel? Am I angry about what they're saying right now? Um, okay, fine. I'm angry about it. I'm just going to park it for the next however long. Usually I will sleep on it and then go for a dog walk and think about it, mull it over. Actually, Natasha, what is the key thing that you need to say? Or can you recall anything that's happened from years of this head leaseholder acting incompetently? Um, and then from that point of view, then I come up with an answer and I can respond. You, Unless somebody is dying, you do not need to respond for 24 hours. Honestly, I will repeat this. Unless somebody is dying or is in danger of dying because you're not going to act, you do not need to respond immediately. So that's the same with if you've got tenants who get in contact with you and they're mad or they're livid about something and you just need to take a second to think about what you do and how you handle it, unless that tenant is in physical danger, i.e. there's a flood coming through the ceiling and the ceiling is about to collapse on them. There's a fire and that tenant needs to get out before they die. Well, if there's a fire, they shouldn't be calling you. They should be calling the fire brigade. But hey, you can tell them that. Um, or there's anything else going on which is going to put them in immediate physical danger and they are going to die. You have time to respond and think about the most appropriate way of dealing with something. And that for property, it should be actually a something, hang that on your wall, in fact. I have 24 hours unless someone is dying. Because that then gives you that space where you can think about it and you can respond in a really calm manner. So those are my tips of advice based upon what's going on with this, um, this head leaseholder. And because there's £85,000 in the bank, um, they now want to charge £106,000 for the works. Part of that has to be recharged to the um, commercial tenants. I've read the lease for them. I've done the calculations based upon what all of the leases have said. I bet they are super glad that um, they come up against me sometimes because I, I don't fight them. I just say, here is what it says in the lease. Here is how you should act. And I send it back to them. Um, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> and, and I just leave it at that. So actually... I don't think that the externals works and getting new windows on each of the flats and having a new roof is going to cost me anything more than about £500. I'd be prepared to pay £500 for that, you know. It works well for me, especially because there's so much in the sinking fund. But other people are not taking the time to read emails and actually taking a stand back and thinking, hey, hold on a second, how does this work for me? Um, and I, I, you know, I... I will just leave that going round in circles. I do read everything that comes in, but sometimes I think, do you know what? It's okay. This will get dealt with. Um, so that's that happening. And at the same time, the tenant that's living in that flat has just served notice to leave. So I'm going to have to re-let it. 
And the tenant said to me, I quote, um, it won't take more than 10 days to, the re to repair the flat and put it back in the order you let it to me in. To which case I was like, what now? What have you done to this flat? I was like, send me some pictures. Um, and I go into these flats every time I'm in the UK or in London. Um, and she was like, oh, I, I meant that, you know, cleaning it and what have you. So next week I am going to go and inspect said flat and then re-instruct the agent. I used to let this flat myself and I loved meeting the tenants that were going in there. I've always had great tenants, um, but I'm not there as much to do the lettings, which is a shame. That's one of my favorite things, getting the properties all done up, um, lighting some candles for viewings, making it smell all Joe Malone, um, having beautiful bedding on the beds. That's kind of my cup of tea. I love that. I like getting involved. Um, and I know that a lot of people out there will be going, well, Natasha, is that actually a good, a good way of spending your time? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I like doing things that I enjoy sometimes, but in this occasion, I can't let it, I'm not there. Um, so I need to go and give the keys to the letting agents that I've instructed um, and get that let. Interestingly enough, without me even really realizing it, in the last 12 months, rentals have gone up in the area. It's Notting Hill and, um, uh, so I should be getting a good uplift in rent, even though I've said to the agent, don't price it at the top of the market, price it to rent rather than price it high. So looking forward to keeping you updated on that. So that building has kind of caused me a little bit of um, chaos, I guess. Chaos in my inbox. You know, not chaos in my mind. So I'm looking forward to getting that all of that sorted out. I'll let you know what happens with the external works because I think it's always interesting there's a lot of bad press about having long leasehold and I don't actually think having long leasehold is that bad I, I mean I have it you just need to be able to read a lease and make sure that your freeholder or the head leaseholder is um, sticking to what it says in the lease and providing they're doing that usually it's fine and you might say yeah but I get charged really high service charges well you have to pay something similar to service charge when you own the freehold and you own the whole building you always need to be putting money aside for when you need to do that roof every 25 years when you need to renew the windows every 25 years probably again when you need to renew the carpets every seven years when you need to redecorate the internals maybe every three to five years you're always going to have that pot and that's what service charge is you're just putting a pot together every month every quarter or annually that adds up so that there's a fund in place for you to do the works that are necessary. So I don't see any problem with that. I've never had any problem with that, but it's just about reading the lease and understanding what's going on. So that's a little bit of an update on my um, my property world. Uh, uh, what else? The other flat that I'm doing works on at the moment is the flat in Bath that's gonna have a new bathroom. But I guess a good thing that happened was I got completely booked up there over the summer when I was going to have a new bathroom put in. So the bathroom is now not going to go in until um, August, September time. Um, but again, when I'm back in the UK, I'm going to go and pick the bathroom, make sure that what I'm expecting matches with the quotes that I've been given. I'm very excited to get that done. I think it's be the finishing touch to that property um, and I'm also hoping to have a look at some other properties that I might be wanting to buy but that's all in the pipeline um, everything else seems to be going smoothly touch wood I'll touch wood now and then next week I'll be telling you that something else has gone wrong with another property 
But for the moment, it's all quiet on the Western Front. Apart from this thing that came out this week, which everybody seems to be going wild about, is getting rid of Section 21 notices. So these are um, eviction notices that you serve on your tenants, giving them two months notice, and you do not need to put any reason for this in the notice. The government have decided, and Theresa May quite smugly came out with the fact that um, she is banning these from, um, she's, ba she's banning these in, I don't know what the date is actually. So if anybody could help me out with that, let me know the date, but she's banning them fairly shortly. Now, this has been something that's been coming for ages. I think I've been talking about it at least for the last 12 to 18 months. I was asked whether it was a good idea that they were, um, that the government were consulting on banning 20, section 21 notices. Back last July, I remember being in Crete in Greece and getting an email through from the Ministry of Housing where they asked me what I thought about section 21 notices. Now, I said to them that it would be a real terrible idea to ban it based upon the fact that it looks like at the moment, the government is just trying to pummel landlords wherever they possibly can. I mean, we've got the, the uh, increased tax now, so everybody who's just done their tax returns or is currently doing your tax returns for the 2018, 2019 tax year, you will know that as of this year, you can only deduct 50% of your mortgage interest from your rent as tax relief. Um, so that's one thing that's going to hurt all higher rate taxpayers pretty hard this year. Um, the changes to EPC ratings, where if you've got an EPC rating of F or G, you can't let the property. And now as a landlord, you need to be showing that you've spent at least three and a half thousand pounds to get that property back up into condition before you might be allowed an exemption. Um, we've also just seen the Homes Fitness for Human Habitation 2018 bill that's come in, which puts the onus completely on landlords and property investors to be inspecting their properties at least every quarter and you now need to be making sure that your property is fit for human habitation. The tenant does not need to get in contact with you to tell you that anything is wrong. And if it's not fit for human habitation, then they can get in contact with the council or environmental health who can come around um, and have a look. And if they also deem it not fit for human habitation, they'll put an enforcement uh, notice on the property. It might mean that you can't evict your tenants and it does mean that you will have to do all of the works. Um, Aside from that as well, I know that a lot of people are having real problems getting finance for their property investments at the moment. Not everybody, and it really depends upon the stress test, but lenders are coming back with silly, silly reasons for declining mortgages. Uh, for example, you might not be working in a job that they like. You might be banking with the wrong bank. Um, what else have I heard recently? Um, silly things like, uh, one of my mortgage lenders said to me, Natasha, we're waiting until Brexit happens to lend. What? Right. Okay. What do you think is going ha to happen? They don't know, but it's just excuses coming out, which makes it uh, tough to switch products. I'm not saying impossible. There are so many new products out there. Um, but all of these things kind of add up, add up, add up. And it's making property investors think, oh, 
do I want to do this anymore? Like, is this, oh, and also the letting fee ban as well, <laughs> where tenants letting fees as of the 1st of June um, are no longer allowed. So letting agents cannot charge tenants to move into a property that is now going to fall on landlords. And um, of course, it's going to cost landlords more money. All of this costs landlords more money. Now, I'm not saying that landlords, um, you know, woe is us as landlords and property investors. Oh my gosh, feel sorry for us. What I'm saying is there is a limit on how much you can keep charging landlords, how many new changes you can keep putting on property investors. You know, that, that all adds up and wears them down. And actually, me being honest, property investors and landlords and the small ones the sm who have a small portfolio, who aren't massive landed estates or... Um, pension pots, you know, pension portfolios who've got all these resi, all this resi in their property portfolios. It's the smaller landlords who really do, on the most part, take good care of their property portfolios. And they want to uh, look after their tenants, provide them with the best possible accommodation. But they're now getting scared because they're like, well, hold on a minute. Like, what rights do I have as a landlord? How do I manage this? Um, and we will probably see uh, investors starting to think, mm, well, maybe I should sell some of my properties and they'll sell them. And of course, like unbeknownst or I don't know what the Guardian think is going to happen. I mean, they were reporting today at the time of this going out that they think that um, landowners should give away their land for free so that everybody in the UK has equal amount of property or equal amount of land, which is ludicrous I mean I don't know where they get that from but fine you know whatever it is these properties aren't going to come back onto the market with property investors going oh you know I'm not going to rent this out anymore I'm going to put it back on the market and it's going to come cheap I'm just going to pop it on cheaply and I'll sell it to someone who can't afford a property otherwise that's not what's going to happen people are going to be putting their properties on the market at market value and they are going to be trying to get the best price they possibly can. Our government right now is trying to help first-time buyers. They are trying to get as many people as possible owning property. Here is the thing. There is a market for property in the UK which you as a government cannot stop. Sorry to tell you this, you cannot stop it. Even if you were to go I tell you what, we're taking possession of everything. We're taking possession of all the land in the UK and we are going to dole it out. Here you go, you get your 4,000 square foot or square meters, whatever it is they think that everybody should get. You know, here we go, you each have your little parcel of land. What do you think is going to happen? People are gonna go, oh, brilliant, thank you. Now I've got somewhere free to live. No, they're going to go, oh, Mr. X wants to buy this off me for two million pounds. I'm going to sell it. Then Mr. X has two parcels of land. There's always a market for this because land and properties are in demand. And the fact that there is a shortage of supply means that property prices go up. So here's what you're going to have to do, government. You're either going to have to build more properties. And I've seen you reporting that you can build properties for 10,000 pounds. So I mean, fabulous. If you've got people who can build properties for £10,000, amazing. Show me where that is because I'd love to build some properties for £10,000 too. <sighs> Fine. Um, 
or you're going to have to start looking at the disparity in wages versus house prices and start looking at how you can increase people's wages. But that's not just the end of the solution. You're also going to have to think about ways in which you can educate the population to save, to get those mortgages and then to go and buy property. If that's really what you're after and that's really what people are complaining about, rather than stopping landlords being able to evict their tenants easily, which, no, side note, I have never ever heard a property investor say, yeah, I'm just not feeling like I want these tenants anymore. I'm just gonna serve them notice. Why would they do that? The whole point of being a property investor or a landlord is the fact that you want money coming in. So you want tenants in there. And ultimately they can now use section eight notices, which means that they can still get people out if they haven't paid the rent, if the landlord wants to sell the property, if the landlord wants to move into the property, if the property is um, damaged in any way, there is, there's still those ways where um, the landlord can apply to, to conserve the section eight notice, apply to the court and the court has to grant mandatory possession. So you're not, tenants aren't immune to eviction. You have just made landlords go in a different route. So there has to be something else rather than tightening up controls on landlords because it's not the only way of getting people onto the property market. And certainly getting landlords to sell properties doesn't mean that those properties are gonna open up for first time buyers. And what I want to say to you, property investors and landlords, you're cool, you're fine. All of this is handleable. Getting rid of section 21s, fine. Just use section eight notices. Yes, go to your, land, go to your solicitor about doing using them if you want to. Um, and you should every time you're serving notice just to make sure that you've got the um, you've got the right information and the right evidence because you're going to need that now, but it's not impossible. So always seek legal help if you're trying to get your tenants out. Um, the Homes Fitness for Human Habitation Bill 2018, get your managing agents to go and inspect every quarter and fix anything that needs fixing. Or if you're your own property manager, do that every quarter, go and have that ins inspection. And if you can't get out there yourself, there's a really great service called Viewber, V-I-E-W-B-E-R, who you can pay, I think it's 60 to 80 pounds and someone will go and do it for you. So make sure you're doing that. Increased tax, well, um, ask your accountant about this, but there um, are ways that you can be more tax efficient with what you're doing and also aim to reduce your loan to value on your mortgages. And tighter finance, there are so many lenders out there. You just need to make sure you shop around with your broker. So don't be worried about that. And finally, there is still a lot of demand out there for rental properties. And unfortunately, the, if the government are hoping that landlords are going to sell their properties, well, that just means that the supply for rental properties is lowering, which means that rents will go up because there's more demand for them. Have they thought about that? That's basic ec economics. Supply and demand really does change house prices and uh, prices of anything, but hey, I would assume they'd know that. And as landlords, there's still great tenants out there who will come and live in your property, look after it, pay it good rent, and as long as you look after them, 
they're going to look after you. So don't be put off by this. Yes, it may seem like attack, 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 attack. But trust me, that it's still profitable being a landlord and a property investor. And if you want to talk about it, you want help, come on over to the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. I'll put the link below. Or you can read any of my blogs on ncrealestate.co.uk. I'm here to support you as a property investor and landlord because I still believe that you should be going for those goals that you have set. Do not let these be a barrier. It's fine. That's what the government are deciding to do. But there are still ways of being a landlord and property investor, which is lucrative and also means that you can be a great great property investor and landlord and look after your tenants because that's what it's all about. They are essentially our clients and we need to make sure that they're getting the best possible service and you can still make money doing that. So this isn't a dying industry, it's just a changing one. So I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. I hope it's got given you a lot to think about and uh, come over and have a con- conversation with me in the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. Let's discuss this because if you've got any questions, then it's a great place to ask because there's such a large community of over 3,000 property investors and landlords who will share their experiences too. You're not on your own. We are here to make this a really great industry um, and I cannot wait to hear how you're going and if you need any help, you know where to find me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.